quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code And now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Like many of us, I began my parenting journey using rewards and punishments. It was what I knew and learned both as a child and as a teacher. Over time, those rewards and punishments stopped working, and I was at a loss as to what to do. What I learned is that parenting without them is possible, and there are more effective and connective ways to come to my parenting. I want to help you make this leap too, so I'm holding a free training, How to Parent Without Punishments. In this free training, I will help you understand why punishments are not useful and how you can build in a new way to be with your children. In this Zoom call, I will also be holding a live question and answer. Don't worry if you can't make it because the replay will be emailed to you. On both Tuesday, February 16th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and Thursday, February 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be live helping you unravel this common parenting pitfall. The link to register is in the show notes and also in the bio of my Instagram. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm so honored to have a lovely guest, Jillian, who is a member of a private Facebook group, and she has come with a parenting question. And so we're going to try to dive into her question. But before we do that, I'd love her to introduce herself. Jillian, welcome. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Jillian, and I am a mother of two. I have a three-year-old daughter and a nine-month-old son. And shout out to all us mamas who had a baby in a pandemic. Yeah, (laughs) brave ladies. 
we're out in San Antonio and Great. Well, I'm so glad you're here. I like to sometimes when I remember start my meetings and also my podcast with something in our world that's going well. And so for me today, I'm just going to say that, and I always say this when I get to, I got to go outside and hike for an hour with my best friend. And I was like, wow, this is living. This is like really living up. (laughs) I can't wait for those days. So what's going well with you? I'm about a good month in of my son sleeping through the night and my baby. I know. And so I finally feel like a phoenix, like I'm rising from the ashes. Like remember that. It is. It's like a whole new world, Drew. Like, oh wow. Sleep does matter. (laughs) Sleep matters, everybody. You didn't know. Sleep matters. It makes like so much more clear. Yes. Yeah. My thinking. Yeah, everything. So Good for you, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank That's you. So Jillian wrote in with a parenting question, and I'm just going to have her explain it to us. So what is it that you're struggling with? So my three-year-old is a thumb sucker, and she's been doing it since she was a baby to self-soothe and I was fine with it. And once I became very visibly pregnant and like limiting pregnant, I noticed she started sucking her thumb more during the day. And I was trying to be cool about it. Like leave it be. She's two. (laughs) And it kind of developed into this thing where she was spitting where she would suck her thumb so if she was laying on the couch she would spit on the couch and rub her little face into it while she sucked her thumb like watching tv and again I was like okay this is getting (laughs) weird and I became desperate (laughs) we were at a doctor's office with my son he had a lot of skin issues when he was a newborn and they had those cloth chairs in the doctor's room and she was like mama I'm gonna take a rest she spit on this chair and like little kitty (laughs) nuzzled up into this cloth chair and I'm like this is gross and we're in the middle of a pandemic Crazy girl. She just needed to feel better. Yeah. And so, and of course I freaked out, but anyway, that to me was like, okay, this has gone too far. I was venting to my sister about it and she was like, set limits with it. So now we've limited where she had to pick something that she couldn't spit on the couch anymore she has this little pillow so she's always carrying this little pillow yeah and spitting on it and so my husband I had to ask him to back down just because I was worried about her turning to something else that was strange yeah 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 and my other thought was we're in the middle of a pandemic we haven't had a play date in like nine months like maybe this will just kind of go away but I want to know how do I handle it peacefully and how I handle it empathetically like not putting that nasty stuff on her nails or somebody else told me to put a guard on her thumb and I just thought, I feel like my daughter 
that'll be hard for her. Yeah, I think it might be. So I want to just kind of zoom out a little bit and just talk about self-soothing and thumb sucking in general. And first of all, your child is not the first person to suck their thumb and to do it well into their school-aged years. Lots of kids do. And they do it because they're trying to, just like you said, they're self-soothing, right? So they're looking to make themselves feel better because feelings are wanting to come out. And instead of letting their feelings out, they're stuffing their feelings by sucking their thumb. And now she's taking it a step further with the spitting and the pillow and whatever. She's just really diving into this making herself feel better thing. Yeah. And so around that, we have to think, right? It's probably linked to the baby. And that was one of the hardest things that ever happened to Esme was having little sister. Esme manifested in the hitting and the kicking and the aggression, but other kids manifest in different ways. They go to withdrawal, right? And they go to self-soothe and they go to this other route, which is somewhat harder because they're quiet and they seem happy for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. But what we want to do is we want to take them out of this. When they're sucking their thumb, they're almost in a trance state. They're almost like not fully participating because they're droning on inside, you know, and they're just trying to keep it all tamped down. And then I want to address the other part, like this must be so hard for you. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, you must be stressed around. What does it bring up for you? Brings up a lot. I do notice that when she's tantruming, she wants to run away into her room and suck her thumb. And she's told me that. Yeah. And because I've been listening to you for quite some time and really kind of diving into tantrums, I'm like, oh, girl, let's just get it out. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But she able she, to? Yes. It just depends on the day and it depends on me, how resourced I am. And when the baby was little, obviously I was not as resourced and I still was kind of figuring it out, like what actually was going on. Yeah. I see her running away inside. Like I see her hiding the feelings and it brings up a lot for me because I did that as a kid. I still do that as an adult. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah. So when she does that, how does it make you feel? Makes me feel sad. Yeah. Like there's something going on with her and I want to help her. Yeah, of course you do. Also being real because us moms need to be real. I mean, sometimes there's embarrassment too. Where Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have a weird thing with spit. I'm like, of all the things, like spit has to be the thing. And I'm mostly sad, like when I really can feel that she's Like right now she's watching TV and she's sucking her thumb and that doesn't make me sad. But when she's in it, I can tell when she wants to tone down her tantrum. What was your go-to when you were a kid, when you tried to run from your feelings and what did that look and feel like? I don't remember her age very much, but my earliest kid memory would be food for me. Yeah. And is that your fear with her? Yeah, I'm afraid that she's going to be 10 years old getting bullied about sucking her thumb. Just like I was a 10-year-old chubby kid getting made fun of because I was chubby. Yeah, that's hard. So we've got a lot here, right? And I think this is not uncommon. There's always a lot to unpack and dig through and sift through. And I think 
we might not get to all of it today, <laughs> but that's okay. Cause we can revisit it. We can try to get as far as we can today. Yeah. So I think it's important for one, you to get some space to talk about all of this, to really download your fears around her possibly being bullied and maybe then talking about like how you were bullied as a kid and how that felt and to really dive into all of that only to clear your mind and give yourself space so that you can come to her, you know, a little more centered. And I think that would be great, like a listening partnership or even working on the one-on-one class would be amazing. We could dive into all of that, but to get some sort of support around like unpacking your own stuff around it, because that will help you be more clear because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we will bring our own past with us and it will affect the way we're parenting. And we don't even really kind of know that it is. Yeah. I know like, for instance, I've told this story before, but I'll say it again. When she was eight, I had all these problems with her because I thought she should be coming home from school, unpacking her lunchbox, sitting down, doing her homework, eating her snack. And I was like robotic, like you have to do this. Mm-hmm. So I would go to my listening partner and say, my kid is she doesn't do anything. She's so lazy. She's this, she's that. And my listening partner said, well, what happened to you when you were eight? And I just started bawling, you know, my parents got divorced and I was responsible for my sister. And I had all this pressure when I was eight. Subconsciously, my brain was telling me this child needs to be grown up. I didn't even know I was doing that. I was putting all this pressure on her unbeknownst to me. And as soon as my listening partner said it, I could let go. Yeah. And say, yeah, you can do your homework later. Here, let me unpack your lunch for you. Let me show you how to do it. And I could just have more space for her. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of many things I've worked through, but that's how listening partnerships work and how effective they are. So I think that's an amazing, wonderful tool. And we can go in the Facebook group and try to find you someone that you can partner with, which would be amazing to like kind of start yeah. working through this stuff. So I would start yeah. there. Okay. And then I think, you know, your daughter's looking for the passive, not pacifier, sorry, thumb as a way, obviously, to shove her feelings. But it sounds like you are giving her space for the tantrums, too. Yeah, I'm trying really hard. (laughs) Yeah, which is really hard. And especially if she's scared of her feelings, she doesn't want to have her feelings. Yeah. So I mean, she doesn't. I can tell there are times when she's scared. And that's when she'll like yell at me, don't look at me. And yeah, and I could tell like she wants me to go away. And I just kind of repeat the mantra you usually talk about is I'm, you know, I'm right here. I'm not going to leave you while you're upset. And usually afterwards, we talk about it. Like when she's kind of calmed down, she'll be like, you want to talk about her, my feelings? <laughs> I'm like, okay, girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> If you start it young enough, I feel like they do catch on quickly. Yeah. But if she doesn't want to, you don't have to either. No, I never force it. She's just like, you want to talk about it? I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's okay. You were having a hard time and that's okay. I have hard times too. Good for you, Jillian. That's not easy, by the way, especially for somebody who has not fully had their feelings. That's not easy to watch your kid completely emote and lose it like that. Yeah, that's very triggering. It is. Yeah. And you're very brave to do that because not all of us do it. And some of us just can't because of our own past. And I couldn't do it until Esme was six. I just couldn't. And so you're very brave 
to be there for her. And I would say just stick in that lane as much as you can and do as much as you can around that. And I think for the thumb snucking, I think we have to look at it as maybe she's not necessarily looking for, but what would help her in those moments is connection. Yeah. So what can we do in those moments without shaming her, right? And telling her to take her thumb out of her mouth and embarrassing her and bringing, you know, lots of attention to it and making her feel bad. We don't want to do that. So we can come with, when you see her start to suck her thumb, I think what you can do is try to get connected in a way that's loving because she sounds like a really loving kid. And I think she might really respond to the loving as opposed to playing or tantruming. So I would come with warm eye contact and mm-hmm. getting really close to her and saying, oh, honey, do you want to play tea set with me? Or I don't know what she likes to play. I'm making up things <laughs> of my own. <laughs> or do you have five minutes to play with me? I'd like to play with you for five minutes, but I would really try to get connected with her. Do you want to do a thumb war? Would you like to have a staring contest? And just try to, and or, oh, I think somebody needs a hug. And just coming in with affection and trying to pull her out of her self-soothing and into connection with you. Okay. And I think if you're not going to be able to do it all the time, right? It's going to be hard because you've got the baby and you've got a family mm-hmm. and you've got all this stuff going on. But I think if that could be like a two-week goal or two-week, you know, homework to say, okay, as much as I can, when I see her really coming into this kind of droned out state with her thumb and her pillow, then I'm going to try to connect on a loving way. How does that sound? Sounds good on paper. (laughs) (laughs) So did having kids, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. Well, I guess so my next question to that would be, if she's fighting it, then do I just lean into the tantrum, like try to just get the tantrum out at that point? Yes, that is exactly what you do. Because if she starts to get upset, now we know, okay, now we've got a crack in the shell and now we can pry it open. And what we're trying to do is unlodge all these hurts that are in her psyche. And so she got all these little hurts that are stuck and she keeping them stuck because of the thumb sucking. So if you get a crack and you can get like a tantrum, then you're going to get a few of those out each time. Okay. So if the loving presence causes the tantrum, then that's a good thing because kids can process a lot of stuff through tantruming and also through laughing. Yeah. So keeping that laughing part in, in the back of your mind, if you can get to that place sometimes too, that can help her offload the feelings that are stuck. It can help her kind of move through them and start to expel them, start to offload them. But it'll be a process for her. You know, it isn't like you're going to come in and three, four days later, it's all going to be better. It's going to take you weeks of doing this, you know, weeks of offloading, weeks of the kind of tension. You're some days you're going to think it doesn't work. This sucks. She's still sucking her thumb. Mm -hmm. And I would say, try to like, trust yourself, trust this method, trust that this is the right thing to do because it's the loving approach with her. Mm -hmm. Parenting without punishments can seem like a scary endeavor. What do we do when children misbehave? How do we teach them right from wrong? 
What if you have totally had it with your child and the only thing you can think of is to send them to timeout? I can help answer these questions for you in my free training, How to Parent Without Punishments and Yelling. Next week on Tuesday the 16th and Thursday the 18th, I will be going live to answer questions and lead a discussion on just this topic. I'm giving away a free bonus at the end so you don't want to miss out. Look for the registration link in the show notes or head over to my Instagram and find them in my bio. What are your biggest fears? One of them is the nighttime because she's been sucking her thumb to sleep since she was a baby. Mm -hmm. And I know this is going to rock that the boat as far as that I guess my fear is when she's going to try to start sucking her thumb at night and then me try and take that away because she sucks her thumb like throughout the night too yeah how I'm going to address that when I'm saying to come in with a loving presence I'm not saying take the thumb away okay I'm saying come in with connection to get her Mm -hmm. to authentically and organically take her thumb out of her mouth because she wants to connect with you. Okay. So you're replacing the soothing with connection. Okay. So you don't have to tell her to take it out. You don't have to do anything. The goal is to get her to want to take it out because she wants to engage in life with you. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. At night for now, like if we were doing sessions together, I would say just leave night alone. A, because you're sleeping (laughs) and we're not disturbing that. (laughs) No way, no how, not now. (laughs) And we just work on this daytime when you can, coming with affection, coming with loving presence, coming with connection. You can offer her also special time in those moments. You can say, oh, do you want to do a special time? Are you doing daily special time with her? Yeah, definitely once a day. Probably good many days, at least twice. And are you like, doing it for 20 minutes? Her completely? Yeah. Most of the time, it's at least 10 minutes. Like sometimes if the baby has like a shorter nap, then I'll be like, okay, you know, let's have some 10 minutes of special time. And then when usually in the afternoon, we'll do 15, 20 minutes. Some days if I'm really like, feeling better but when I before when the baby wasn't sleeping I was like okay let's get through 10 minutes and <laughs> total torture special time can be total torture by the way it's just yeah when it's every day and sometimes I'm like all I'm doing is special time you don't have to do it twice a day too once again I wouldn't tell you this if we were meeting again because it would be too much, but I'm going to give it all to you because we're only meeting once. But if she wants special time a second time and you don't want to do it, you can say no. And that will <laughs> cause a huge tantrum. But oh, okay. that tantrum is going to help move her feelings yeah, okay. and help all more stuff. And that's what I was going to say about limits. Like, are we, does she have limits? Because the limits are really helpful to get the tantrums going, to get the feelings out. So if we were doing a big comprehensive plan, we would start with the affection and connection and coming with that for like a week or 10 days or two weeks. And then we would move into setting limits and getting the feelings out through tantruming. And then we would move through into play and using that for a couple of weeks. So we would do this whole like attacking it on all levels, but all with connection yeah. so that we can get her 
we're all feeling better. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you would go and do this work and then come back and then we would say, okay, how is it working? Is it not? Should we move on to phase two and phase three and just kind of massage it until we get all the little pieces going together so that she's feeling better and more connected? Okay. Makes sense. And sounds like you're doing a good job of the special time. And that's a huge connection piece. Yeah. Especially when I'm really in it with her. She does really well. And I have noticed that thumb sucking is slightly easing up since I'm becoming more of a functioning human being. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. (laughs) And I think that will happen too. I think you're right. Like not only just doing this concentrated work on it, but the more connected you get with her. And the more present you are with her, the less she will suck her thumb anyways. Mm -hmm. And is your husband doing special time? No, he does come and hang out with them, but he is not doing specified special time every day with her. It might be a good thing to ask him if he wants to, if he's interested in doing Mm -hmm. it and just teaching him, you know, it's 20 minutes just for anybody out there who's listening. It's 20 minutes in time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it is announced we say this is special time and i'm just saying this for anyone who doesn't know special time you know we announce it so that kids gear up for it and we time it and it's completely kid driven whatever they want to do and we're super into it and it's the best thing we've ever done and the reason i say do it daily is because not every special time is a good special time we know this Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) if you do seven in a week and four are good that's great (laughs) But we need to try seven times because some of them I'm like, I swear I'm so bad. Yesterday I was doing special time with Pia and I was like, there was a mess in the kitchen and we were in the kitchen making brownies. And I was like, I just want to clean the mess up. Like I'm talking to myself like, do you think she'll notice if I go clean the mess up? And then I come right back. Will she notice that I'm not paying attention to her? And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, I can't focus to make brownies for 20 minutes. And I actually walked over there and just swiped the stuff into the sink because I couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) You know, it's like, I get it. It's not hard. So that special time wasn't the best. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that's why we say do seven of them, do them every day, because not all of them are good ones, unfortunately, but we do the best we can. Yeah. And the other idea is we don't want to always be connecting to get something. And I think a lot of this connected parenting has been misconstrued in the idea. Well, if I just do these little games and if I just do this little like connection piece, then I can get them to put their shoes on or I can get them to eat dinner. So that's why we want to be building in connection in the background so that we know we're beefing up this relationship and we're really working on the relationship as opposed to using the connection as manipulation. Yeah. I will say there's sometimes when I think about that, but I really just try and focus on because of the baby. Like I know it's been hard for her. So when we have time, just the two of us, I'm really trying hard to fill her cup with just mommy time. And I'm hoping now that I'm more aware, I was occasionally doing like mommy daughter dates where I'd take her hiking on the weekend while the baby slept. And like, she loved that. And so just want to, try and keep up stuff like that. Yeah, that will help with the thumb sucking. All of this stuff will help with the thumb sucking. It will. It'll just start to chip away at it. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit of an onion. And she's just, 
you know, she's gotten in the habit now, but I think she's still so little. I think you can get it taken care of pretty easily with connection. Yeah. Okay. Was that helpful? Yeah, (laughs) that was. Any questions you have for me or anything? So let's review before I get the questions. Let's review our plan. We're going to do 10 days, two weeks of compassionate, loving connection intervention. Along with the special time that's already existing and tantrums when they happen. If those moments turn into tantrums, we we lean into the tantrum. You're going to try to find a listening partner because you cannot do this without assistance. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard work. Okay. Yes. And you need it and you deserve it. And then after that, we could talk about setting limits and play and the rest of it. But I think that's a good place to start. So now do you have any questions? (laughs) I did read about from a hand in hand article about it and they talked about like putting my hand on the hand that she's sucking like is that connective intervention or is is. that like too aggressive I think for your daughter's temperament and personality and what I hear from you I don't know if you necessarily need to do that yet I might start here first but then again you can try it and Mm -hmm. see how it feels to you but I would put your hand on there and say, I can't let you suck your thumb or, oh, we don't want to suck our thumb or, oh, you can't spit on the blanket or nothing shaming around it because yeah. we want to be really careful to keep her self-esteem intact around it. Yeah, that was my biggest fear with this journey was it can quickly become a shame fest. And I grew up with shame. It's very natural and I'm working really hard not to and trying to just lovingly point out in the family too like this let's just <laughs> yes <laughs> I think you're so very smart to notice that and because you've had experience with shame you know what it does I grew up with shame too it just eats away your self-esteem and also pushes you into thinking you need to be perfect and There's a lot of stuff around shame that's hard and we want to shelter her from that as much as we can while also moving the behavior as lovingly as we can. Yeah. I think you can do it that way. I would then leave the hand, the, the, because she might enter, who knows how she'll interpret it. We don't want to draw too much attention. Mm -hmm. I would try this method first. Okay. Anything else that I can help you with? No. (laughs) That means we got some work, good work here done. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate the plan and I will really rev myself up to hunker down and really commit to like two weeks of it and see how it goes. Yeah. I just tell my clients too, like, don't cook dinner. Don't (laughs) eat sandwiches. Like, I don't know, but just try to let the dishes pile up. Like just, I don't think that any of that stuff is as important as getting you guys feeling good and connected. And if the rest of the housework or whatever it is that you're doing needs to go, let it go. Mm-hmm. And just take care of yourself because you are the most important person in this family and your emotional stability is the most important thing. We want to yeah. keep you feeling good. Yeah. And you deserve to feel good. So let's get you a partner in, in our group. Okay. And if we can't find one, then I have clients who I can pair you up with. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jillian. That was so lovely. I so appreciate you being here. Oh my gosh, Michelle, thank you so much. I literally cried when you 
he mailed me back. <laughs> so glad that we can get this figured out or start to get it figured out. Yeah. yeah. She's going to be just fine. She's got a loving mama who cares deeply for what's going on in her world. So she's got head and shoulders above many kids. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for joining us on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and we will see you guys next time. I want to again thank Jillian for allowing me into her world and giving us a real-life glimpse of just how hard parenting can be. These big emotional projects can be so confusing. It's difficult to know where to set the limit, how to do it with kindness, while also not shying away from ultimately allowing our children to download their feelings, even when it's hard for us. I wish her all the luck in this journey, and I know that so many of us out there have struggled in this very same real way. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time.